When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey IDP Army, ever think about making your own podcast? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And you can make some money with your podcast too, with no minimum listenership. It's got everything that you need to make a podcast all in one place. So what are you waiting for IDP Army? Download the free Anchor app and go to anchor.fm to get started today. Do some stretches. Yes, sir. What is up, IDP Army? It's your man, Jordan Reigns, at 50 Shades of Drunk on Twitter. I'm joined today by an IDP Army elite, one of the the generals, the second in command, the IDP Bomber. Bomber, how you doing today, brother? I'm doing great, man. How you doing? Doing good, doing good. We are going to have an awesome episode today or show for you guys today, the IDP Army podcast. We're going to be breaking down PFFs. Uh, they released their top 600 offensive defensive dynasty rankings players um and we're just gonna talk about it you know we're gonna let you all you know hear what we think about it um if you've happened to have read it uh if you haven't check it out see if you agree disagree um it's a good it's an interesting piece so we're gonna go ahead and hit this intro and we're gonna dive right in All right, we are. That, that intro gets me pumped every time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. I love that intro. We have two. We have the two of them. I like that one. It gets me a little more hype as well. But um, do us a favor. If it's your first time listening to the show, give us a thumbs up, a five star rating, and a review on Spotify or Apple, wherever you are at. We would appreciate that. Uh, we'll go ahead and let you guys know off the cuff. We are doing a merch giveaway. You're not going to get the hoodie, but I'm wearing one right now. We're going to do. Uh, we're doing one for all the Patreons this month. We're going to do a raffle. There's going to be one of the IDP Army t-shirts given away. And then for anyone who does a rating or review, even if it's one from back in the day, we're going to go through the whole list and we're going to do a drawing off of that. And we're going to do that every month going forward. So we're going to start giving you all some giveaways. So if you want to get some IDP Army merch and support the show, go do that. Like I said, thumbs up us. Um, but we're going to go ahead and start with some news today. Uh, first and foremost, Bomber, how have you been, my guy? Been busy, been crazy, but trying to keep up with <clears throat> with everything. Luckily, it's been a little on the slow side as far as player news yeah. recently. Yeah, I was gonna say from the football side, it's been this is a nice and a terrible time of year. It's nice because 
you don't have to necessarily dump content out all the time because you know everything kind of slows down. Um, yeah. But the opposite before of that the is, storm. Yeah, the the opposite of that though is you know we love fantasy football, so it's like there's only like we need we need we need more fantasy football goodness. So um, go ahead and support the other shows on our podcast feed as well: Dynasty Tailgate, Offensive Points, Interrestrial Takes. Uh, those guys are doing great stuff as well. Um, shout out to them. But before we go ahead and jump into the the rankings and the conversation we're going to have around that, let's go ahead and talk a little bit of player news. Um, there hasn't been anything really earth-shaking in the last week and a half, but I saw that Jadavian Clowney is expected to re-sign with the Browns. Um, any deeper, meaningful thoughts on that? I think I, I think he's still kind of a depth piece at that point still. Um, they added they – added, uh, who they added someone else, didn't they? Pass rusher? Maybe. I think they might have, but I don't I don't really, you know, I don't really I haven't I haven't seen it. If it is, it's definitely you said it's gonna be a third or fourth string guy. Um but Clowney, he's you know, like you said, he has game for he pops, but he's not somebody that you're gonna be relying on. He's gonna be like a three or a four. Zero DL target for sure. Uh streamer, you know, for sure. But yeah, um, I think he is what he is in the NFL at this point. They added a uh, Chase Winovich. Okay, there you go. Yeah, New England. I knew it was like something relatively noteworthy, but that's just gonna make it a little more crowded there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think Jadavion Clowney is one of those guys who came in with high expectations and has never really met those. <laughs> no. Exactly. I was going to say, at this point, he kind of is what he is. Yeah. Um, the Colts signed Stefan Gilmore to a two-year contract. Not super IDP relevant necessarily, but he is a, you know, he, he has had, he, you know, if you're playing a cornerback league, he is going to get the starting snaps. He is going to guard yeah. probably the primary uh, offensive player on the other side. So, someone to keep an eye on, um, but not overly. I think it. I think it might let Kenny Moore have some more freedom to move around and play, make plays on the ball though, to kind of keep his production where it's been lately, you know, as a cornerback that might have some IDP significance. Fair, fair. I do yeah. not disagree. And uh, Kenny Moore, not that he needs more IDP significance, but right. I uh, mean, he was, he was DB one, but a lot of people get kind of hesitant to keep cornerbacks there because of the lack of consistency, but I think he's shown that he can be consistent. Agreed. Agreed. Um, Jordan Poyer, I saw this uh, for the Buffalo yeah. Bills. He hired a new uh, agent, Drew Rosenhaus, um, looking for a contract extension. He's coming off one of his best careers statistically. Uh, he's he's a dog. He's a hell of a player. Bills, yeah. you know that's a tough team. I think he's going to get the extension. What are your, you know, I think it's just running back more of the same, but noteworthy that, you know, he is working on a new deal. Yeah, I think he's um, he's kind of in the same – he's kind of a player similar to like a Kareem Jackson where very reliable veteran player is going to get consistent points, but the ceiling's not there anymore. Um, but I think he does still have – you know, a decent amount left in the tank. I mean, we just saw Malcolm Jenkins retire this year. Yeah. But he had had a few extra years under his belt. And so it's like these safeties can can still produce well into 
the late twenties and thirties and still be worthy of having on your roster. 100% agree. 100% agree. A couple other little pieces of news. Kiko Ture, who is often talked up or has often been talked up, not really much of a real player so far in the NFL, but did sign a one-year deal with San Francisco 49ers coming over from the Colts. Uh, this one's actually interesting to me. Deshaun Elliott signed a one-year deal with the Detroit Lions. He's a former safety of the Ravens. I like Deshaun Elliott a lot. Yeah. He got hurt last year, I believe. Yeah. He didn't play a full season, but uh, – Good young player. I'm honestly kind of surprised that the Ravens let him walk. Uh, but he's a player to keep an eye on for the Lions. I'm definitely going to be uh, targeting him in drafts. Uh, another safety, two more safeties, actually. Justin Reed signed with the Chiefs. I forgot to mention that on the last show. That, that's been done for a while. And then Andrew Wingard re-signed a one-year deal with the Jaguars. Another safety. <laughs> he just keeps hanging in there. He's He's always one of those safeties that I'm kind of ashamed to roster but he he goes out there and he does his thing you know like it's just he's not a great player though like he's not good for the team but he keeps getting deals and he keeps getting a starting nod even though they um draft rookies high and he keeps keeps getting on the field so <laughs> well, to, looks like he's probably still going to be starting there. well competition in uh jacksonville is unfortunately not very stiff at any position yeah um so that's kind of understandable there yeah <laughs> all right well that's pretty much all of the news um before we get into the actual meat of the show you know, we're going to preface it by saying, you know, this is our thoughts and opinions. You know, this is IDP fantasy football. I wouldn't say that, you know, we're going to be wrong. These guys are going to be wrong. Everyone's going to be wrong, you know, in rankings. But there is, there are some, you can be fundamentally wrong versus just being wrong on a player ranking. So we're going to talk a little bit about some of our thoughts on this, this whole thing. Um, you know, if you want to see our rankings, my rankings, check out the Ultimate IDP Index. Join our Patreon. Uh, you know, I've been ranking for fantasy football for a few years. The Ultimate IDP Index, I mean, check it out. It speaks for itself. Um, you know, it's got everything. It's it's tiered IDP rankings. It's got production profiles, trade value calculators. I mean, it's got links to contracts. It's got everything you need to actually learn about IDP. And I'm very, very, I feel very confident in the product that we've put out. And that, you know, I've seen it work year over year and when i see other rankings and other people in the industry and it's just like it's just not up to snuff um it, it kind of you know you just you just got we just got to keep trudging on you know so we're going to talk about this a little bit um let's go ahead and say overall thoughts on the exercise in general and i'm going to go ahead and pull up this article so it's a free article on their website um so i mean you guys can read this article if you so choose to do but essentially the, the exercise of ranking your offense and defensive players together for Dynasty is something that I've had people ask me about, and I've seen people do, and I'm just going to be honest, I think it's a futile and kind of pointless exercise, um, and here's why. One, you know, you're already, you're asking people to learn, you know, these defensive positions, and you're trying to ask them to mix it in with their offensive players when they don't know anything about them. Um you're introducing a whole new set of, of positions as well. It's a whole new set of variables. So to ask them to sort those out in sort of sort of chronological order is a tough order. I think it's more important to look around by around, 
do I need to take offense or defense here? Not necessarily a chronological list. So I think in, in some ways that can be tough because just because somebody's list tells you to take, you know, the highest player eight, 10 times in a row as an offensive player, that's not good process. So this this concept of putting together an offensive and defensive list of players to use to draft as rankings is fundamentally flawed um, from a game theory standpoint, in my opinion. So I don't really, I'm not really, you won't find a list like this for me. Um, I, I, I've tried to mess with this at one point a few years ago and just realized it was not the way to do this. That being said, PFF has done this. Um, So we're going to take a look at it again. I, you know, I don't know how actionable this is. I want to start it off by saying, you know, another thing they're scoring here, they bring up, which this is a, you know, they say here, Assuming 12 rounds, Janky and Macri have ranked 600 total players to cover up to 50 rounds. Allowing adjustments for league size of all depths below are listed or preferred scoring for IDPs. So for this scoring, they offer three different scoring rubrics. They offer one for edge, one for linebackers, and one for corners and safeties. This, again, I've mentioned many times, is just a fundamentally flawed system for scoring IDP and not only do they just present this to you, there's no reason or rhyme or why this exists so already this article from the beginning is just very dis discombobulating disorienting um it's not really grounded in anything that i think is truly useful but again we are going to go through this list of players because this is you know this is what the people that are the giants in our industry seem to think matters um bomber what are your kind of thoughts before we dive into this as this is a practice as a process and kind of as a an outline for what we're about to break down yeah, I think <clears throat> I think it's obviously it's important to try to have some sort of rankings for for players in fantasy because you want to see what people who do this for a living think, you know. But I think you know, I agree with you in the sense that trying to pool all the players into one <clears throat> excuse me, one one list of of rankings is it does kind of a disservice. Um, a couple of thoughts I had on that was, you know, every draft you're in is a, a living, breathing thing. It's going to have people reaching for players. It's going to have, you know, runs started on different positions that you're going to have to adjust with, you know, adjust it on the fly as you're, as you're drafting. And so, you know, they broke it down, you know, around by round, but I think, you know, they didn't even start mentioning IDP until the end of round six, beginning around seven and every single league I've ever done a startup for, whether it be redraft or dynasty, you've got IDPs going as early as the third round, you know, because they want to go up there and they want to get their guy. They want to get TJ Watt. They want to get, you know, their, their player that they think is going to be the difference maker for their team. And so that's going to throw off all of these, all of these rankings and people are going to get lost in the weeds, especially when they're having to comb through every single position on a rankings list to see, okay, that player was taken and it's just going to make it not really usable, especially if you're in a live draft that is right there right now. And you've got two minutes on the clock and you can't comb through a list of every single player. You've got to go after what your team needs and you have to know what, you have to know what the rankings are kind of ahead of time without, but have them break broken down by, by position. And so 
having everything here together as one massive list is a fun exercise, I guess, but I don't know if it's going to really be helpful for, for people during their drafts. Yeah. I don't think it's a very, it's a fun process, like you said, but it's not super actionable before we get into it. I do want to tell you all, you know, there is an an IDP scoring system that exists called IDP one, two, three. I'm putting it on the screen right now. Sleeper, the largest IDP or fantasy football platform, has adopted it. It's two, one point for assisted uh, tackles and quarterback hits, two points for solo tackles, tackles for loss, three points for forced fumbles, fumble recoveries, passes defended, safeties and block kicks, and then six points for touchdowns, interceptions, and sacks. That is across all three positions, just like offensive fantasy football, where everybody's points are the same based on the action, not based on the position that they play. Uh, There are articles written about this scoring format. There are episodes of podcasts about this scoring format. Uh, There's a lot of research has been done about this scoring format, and it has been overall very well. uh, The reception for it in the fantasy football IDP community has been overall by the consumers, all positive. So just so you know, you know, I don't know why this they chose to put a scoring system out that isn't necessarily one that why they would choose to put their rankings out under the lens that they did, but that's what they chose to do. This scoring system that I'm not even going to read to you because you'd get so lost in me trying to tell it to you even right here. So let's go ahead and jump in. And again, it sounds like, you know, we're going to, we're going to, we're talking about this, you know, we're, we're, this is information they put out. You know, we're just going to talk about what they said. We're going to say what we liked, didn't like. And so far we've kind of talked about the process itself, the scoring situation. I want to go ahead and let's get into the rankings. And this is the last kind of meta or like macro thing. I want to say is kind of feel like fundamentally wrong with this before we just start talking about the players and wondering or, you know, saying what we think they got right. What was interesting? Because, I mean, again, this is something they put out for us, and I do want to talk about it because there is some good information here. But before we do that, let's scroll on down. I think the first thing that I want to, you know, as far as a meta, is the very first defensive player that they have going in this list is Nick Bosa at 58. So they have the first (laughs) defensive player being a defensive line player. I think that that not only I think, I mean, it is that's 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 bad process. DL players as your top dynasty players is fundamentally flawed process. I'm going to pull up some stuff here. Um, you know, it's been a, a something I've talked about for a while, this concept of drafting your defensive line late because they're harder to predict and they have more spike weeks than consistency. We have a good friend of the show. Uh, he's actually written a book about IDP fantasy football, which is available on um on Amazon, Rui. Rui wrote this in his book, and this is coming from him. And there's a lot of, you know, go check out his information. There's a lot of info behind it. But basically, this is what Rui says. And I'm, you know, this is, again, the research behind this, but this is what he says in his book at the end of the little notes. He says, stockpile linebackers early. They're the most important and shallow position. So make sure you have starters and fletches or bench guys. Don't sleep on DBs, but don't reach. Think twice before ticking the tackle machine safety if you don't have the strategy for LB. Safeties in the box are difference makers, but you must build a team and get players at their value. And then his next bullet point, DLs don't matter, period. Okay, they do, but if you don't get an absolute stud like Donald, try streaming or getting value way later and cycle through based on matchups. Again, there is data in Rui's actual published book on IDP fantasy football that says from like what I'm saying right now, that 
an edge player as your first defensive player is a fundamentally flawed process. Now, let's just say you're having fun. Okay, whatever. Take whoever you want there. But if you're going to take that first edge player and it's not going to be TJ Watt, that, again, fundamentally flawed process. TJ Watt in a points-per-game uh, manner is leaps and bounds above Nick Bosa. So let's just go ahead and jump into the weeds here. So not only did they fumble the bag on which defensive player, which I will say if you're going to take a defensive player first that is an edge, I would take TJ Watt because he is a true, true, true difference maker. And he has DL and linebacker eligibility on sleeper. But I wanted to point out that, you know, they don't put their first linebacker in until pick 72. So they have quite a few. They have seven edge players and a defensive tackle going before their first linebacker. Um, I just don't think that's good advice. Bomber, what do you, just weigh in here. What are, you, what are your thoughts? I, I agree. I mean, you've got – what do they have, like seven? Yeah, they have seven defensive line players before a linebacker. and Or no, eight, because you got Aaron Donald yeah. in there. So you got eight defensive line before a linebacker. And then also – I know we're doing IDP, but Lamar Jackson is QB one. That was just, mm-hmm. sorry. That was, that was interesting to see, but anyway, so yeah, I think I've actually had a couple of conversations with a couple guys at PFF um, about why they put things, put players where they put players and not necessarily even on the, um, on the order, but even having Nick Bosa and stuff like that ahead of players like TJ Watt, like a lot of it boils down to them as a feeling. They're like, well, I just feel like Nick Bosa is a better dynasty player than, than TJ Watt. And I'm just like, okay, do you have anything to back that up other than like some PFF metric that doesn't equate to fantasy points? like pressures and things like that. And it's like pressures are great, but if you're not actually registering stuff in the box score, it's not going to make a difference on your, on your week to week fantasy matchup. It's like, great. He got 10 pressures, but got two QB hits and no sacks. And that's going to do nobody good. But then you've got, so you wasted all your draft capital on a Nick Bosa or a miles Garrett or an Aaron Donald who you might get another year or two out of because he was threatening to retire last year. But anyway, and you've got linebackers like, you know, Roquan Smith and Darius Leonard and Devin White, uh, who had a bit of a down year, but I think he's still in that top 10 conversation for linebackers who are scoring 20 to 25 points a week. And you've got, you know, your roller coaster ride of your top IDP draft pick who gets, you know, 21 week and two the next week and then 31 week and then five the next week. But like you said, if you're going to take anyone like that, it's TJ Watt because yeah, he's going to get you sacks, but he's also got a decent tackle floor too. So even if he, you know, quote unquote lays an egg, he's still going to get you eight to 10 points, which is a solid, you know, laying an egg for a defensive line player, you know, I've had so many weeks where my D line puts up one or two points because, you know, they're getting pressures, but they're not getting any tackles or sacks. So it does me no good. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. And I mean, yeah, I mean, you just look at the list, you know, that's the first point we want to point out here is 
they have seven, eight total edge or defensive line players before they have the number one linebacker coming off the board, um, which is shocking and just flat out uh, why I said this process is kind of flawed. Like if you started out your draft and you, you just shouldn't do this. You should not take, I mean, you can make an argument for TJ Watt. And if you yeah. are a fan, like, and that's what I'm saying. If you're telling me, if you're going the fan argument, sure. Take Nick Bosa or Miles Garrett. You can't justify taking Max Crosby, Daniel Hunter, Chase Young over Roquan Smith. No, um, not so in a million just, years. So I wanted to bring that up early and just even say, Joey you know, Bosa, like he's he's good, but he's not better than yeah. the best linebacker. Yeah. So that was, you know, kind of disconcerting, discombobulating. One thing I will say I do agree with, uh, they do have Roquan as their linebacker one. And yeah. I have Roquan as my dynasty linebacker one right now in the index. Um, you know, it's nothing against Darius Leonard. Um you know, I just think they're both kind of getting up to that age point where I'm just going to kind of nod it off towards Roquan because he's a little bit younger. Uh, he hasn't had as many injury struggles. Not that Darius Leonard's injury struggles have been a real, real issue. But the fact of the matter is, um, you know, either it's really 1A and 1B. I know there was some argument for Devin White last year, but yeah. I think Roquan has showed he has the stuff that you want as your linebacker one. I find it curious, though, because they graded Roquan Smith as such a terrible linebacker that they have him as their number one dynasty linebacker. Any thoughts on that? I I agree. I think he is, he's shown that he is 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 worthy of that that ranking. I think... You know, last year, I think there was argument between Darius Leonard and Devin White. And I think I, I think Darius Leonard could have been LB1 last year had he um, played a full season. He had he was kind of dinged up there a little bit, um, but he was right there uh, and could have very easily done that. But I think I think you you can't go wrong. I don't think the. And it's, if you're looking at it, too, from like a team perspective, I don't think the Bears take that much of a step forward in order to have their defense not be on the, on the field as much anymore. You know, I think they do take a little bit of a step forward, but I think he's still going to have plenty of opportunity moving forward. Cause I don't think the bears have done what they need to do to, to be a competitive, <clears throat> competitive team <laughs> yet. I mean, they no, might, you know, I agree. They're still building. And I actually, I yeah. misspoke. I have Darius Leonard right now as my linebacker one. Roquan is my two. Um, they have Roquan as their one. Darius Leonard as their yeah, linebacker. It's, it's like a one, a one B kind of a situation, kind of like last year with yeah. Devin white. I think, I think I agree with their, their top four linebackers. I would I do hesitate to put Micah as high as that. I think he's down just a little bit further into the five, five to 10 range, just because we still don't really know how they're going to use him on a week to week basis. So, you know, that's if a he, good point. That's a good point. If Bob. he's there, if he's there and he's playing linebacker, he's an LB one, but if they're getting cute or if they've got injuries to the D line, they have, made a couple moves. Um, but I think that 
I think that it's still Dan Quinn might get cute in a game and put him on the edge, which is great. And he's probably going to get you a sack. And so it's not like he's really going to lay any true eggs, but I just, I hesitate to put him up in that elite category of linebacker because he is used so much as a, as an edge. Now, if he's one of those players though, that get so much time on the edge that, sleeper and some of these other platforms decide to give him the dual designation he's immediately up there with tj watt even you know just because he's younger and so but i don't really see that happening anytime soon i do think that they still want him to be predominantly a linebacker i did see that you know there were only i think three or four games where he spent most of the time um, here i got it on the screen right here yeah. Um, he spent weeks 2, 3, 11, and 12 primarily at the defensive line position. There you go. And then he spent weeks 1, 4, 5, 6, 8, 9, 10, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 primarily at the off-ball linebacker position. So, yeah, and I think those weeks where he was on the edge was, you know, when they had some injuries to Demarcus Lawrence and yep. and things like that. And so I think I think we we saw Demarcus Lawrence come back. And um, and um, he was still able to play, and I think he's going to stay there. Although I heard, I thought there was some disputes about contract, like he wanted some more money or whatever. But anyway, I think that they're going to do. I think they're going to do him right. I think they're going to they're going to let him play linebacker and obviously use him as a pass rusher because he's just good at it. But I think he's still going to predominantly be, you know, a linebacker. And so, but because of that, I'm still kind of hesitant to put him in that top five category in the conversation. Just because of that uncertainty. It's like, you know, I I love him. I have him on several of my rosters. And I even went out and I traded away, um, traded away some decent draft capital for him before the season last year to get, get him. And I was happy with him and was in the championship game, you know, because of him in a lot of a lot of cases. But um, I just, you know, I can't always go with the feeling. I have to go with, you know, how they're using him. And he's just not being used as a top three fantasy linebacker just yet. You know, I think I think he finished like fifth overall IDP and IDP one, two, three scoring. And so he's right up there, but I just can't crack him into that top three yet. I know it's like, it's splitting hairs, but like, I just don't want to, I just you don't, don't want to give him the crown. Tour tour basket, yeah. You know, that's I still, I, I'm going to say, I'm going to disagree with you just a little. Cause I mean, I think oh, he did it. enough on both, you know, with both the roles he was given, he did prove himself worthy. Yeah. He does, you know, he wears the star, you know, and he commands, you know, he commands the field at a young age. So he's yeah. got all the things you like on and off the field. Top That's three, true. it does feel bullish. You're right. But I'm I'm still uh, I think top five is where he belongs. I think I, yeah. I've got him in my top five right now in the index. Um, yeah, he is. I have him as my linebacker three as well. So I'm basically, yeah. you know. Like I said, it's like it's splitting hairs. It's like, you know, you know, when you talk about the difference between players in the top ten, it's like the the standard deviation of points is like 20 to 30 points you know from one to ten and so it's like 
at that point, it's just like, who would you rather have at that point? When you get to that point in your draft, it's like, would you rather have a Micah Parsons as the new shiny toy or someone who's a little more, you know, reliable and consistent, like, you know, a Darius Leonard or a Rokon Smith. And so I think, I think there's, there's, there's obviously going to just be people who go with what they, the player they want to get. And I think they're going to be happy regardless. It's not going to be a situation where you're drafting like a Zach Cunningham or a Jalen Smith as a top 10 linebacker and then have them just rocket into nothingness, into the void and be completely worthless on your roster for an entire year. So fair, fair. Let's talk about a few other things on here. What are there any guys in this next little tier here, all the way down to uh, 108, looks like that you want to highlight on in particular? I know that I sent you the notes over, but I don't see anything written in here. But I wanted to give you a chance to bring anybody up. Yeah. So I think um, one of the other things. So they have Brian Burns here at edge nine at 89. Yeah. And then. Um, I have to find him because I think he's pretty low. What are you looking for? Hassan Reddick. Yeah, I, he is. They probably have him buried. He now plays for the Eagles, which I right. don't love necessarily. But but I think I had a conversation about those two players um, before he was traded to the Eagles or signed with the Eagles. Um, you know, you have two pretty darn good pass rushers on the same team and – Brian Burns is is great, and I think he's worth being an edge edge nine in the top ten. But I also think that you know Hassan Reddick had earned earned a spot up there near him. I, I you know I'm not saying necessarily number top ten, but I think they had dropped him down to like the the late teens twenties, if not lower. And I just I didn't see the justification there, just based on overall performance from both of those players and their very similar as far as actual production. I like Trey Hendrickson where they have him. Yeah, I was I was gonna say I, I was, was surprised to see, see them have Trey Hendrickson so high in such a an exalted position. Yeah. That's that's surprising to me because they they had been kind of downplaying his they haven't ability. been kind of I mean they've been straight dogging yeah, this dude they were all last year. Yeah. That's all they could do is talk shit. They were talking shit. And then I mentioned I, I I kind of am interested in the Rashawn Gary at edge eight. He has done nothing statistically to show that. I have him pretty high too. You yeah, know? I, I don't I think, think he. I think, well, and then Zadarius isn't there anymore. Yeah, I actually still have Zadarius just a smidge higher than him. I don't know where Zadarius pops up on their rankings. We're going to oh, he's, he's down. probably super far down. I wanted to bring up in this next grouping here. I get Fred Warner at linebacker six, Jeremiah Wusukoromoa. At linebacker five. I mean, that's just gross negligence. I mean, that's almost <laughs> that's almost malicious. Um, do not draft either of those players anywhere close to those spots. Uh, I don't. You mean I'm taking I'm even, Jordan Brooks over those? Yeah, you have Jordan Brooks and Logan Wilson right behind them, making it even more pronounced. Pro, you know, profoundly ignorant. Um, I'm sorry, I'm not even going to mince words on that one, fellas. If you ever hear this, I mean, you shame on you. You know better. Um, Okay, let's go ahead and, uh, yeah. you know, did you have any players that you wanted to say that you like, like we talked about Trey Hendrickson. I feel like they did him right. Yeah. Um, 
I like that they have Logan Wilson as high as they do, but still some of those guys ahead of him are still laughable. I wanted yeah. to uh, – is there any other players this next group here? I think Harold Landry at edge 18 is not a good look. Um, he's no. been a top – he's been a top edge player the last – I mean, every year basically since he's been in the league, 2018, I believe. I don't understand why he's a low-end DL2. He's got the – he plays – one, he plays a, a fuck ton of snaps, and I'm using that word with emphasis because it's true. He plays like almost oh, a yeah. 1,000 snaps every year as an edge. Yeah. You don't get that out of many players. No. The player they have right behind him, Gregory Roussel, edge 19, <laughs> he played 500 snaps last year. Right. So they have a player who's literally playing double the snaps one place off from him. It's just a little curious. Um, again, if or we're talking quitty, purely, quitty pay up there, like 10 places yeah. above him. So there are some questionable things here. Um, but, you it's know, like just overall, because they're young doesn't mean that they're good. Deserving. You know what I mean? Like, I just, like, I think pay had, what, one and a half sacks last year as, like, a first-round rookie. I just don't – I don't see it. And then they have Montez Sweat down at 14, and, you know, Chase Young, I think, was, what, four? Yeah. Edge four, um, yeah. Man, this is actually – all right, I was going to say, look, let's talk about some things we love. I'm looking here. They have Dak Prescott one spot away from Kenny Galladay. And Mar- two spots from Marvin Jones, and I'm just losing all faith in humanity. Um, the more I tried to ignore the uh, offensive rankings because, like, <laughs> are they doing like like two point QB touchdowns or something? Like, I have no idea. All right, I wanted to highlight <laughs> a couple of players on here that I yeah. just think are just profoundly messed up. So one is their edge fifty five. So edge fifty five. Um, I got to scroll for that one. You make me scroll. Oh, he's way down here. They have him ranked at player like almost 300 plus. Where is he at? About 455. Robert Quinn? Yes. Robert Quinn was a top six defensive line player last year. Yeah. Even as a linebacker, he finished as like a top 15 linebacker in IDP one, two, three scoring, which is not necessarily overly kind to the position. You have right. to do a lot to earn that in IDP one, two, three. Yeah. So for Robert Quinn to come in 40, 50 spots after Jadavian Clowney, a guy who can't even get double digit sacks. I just have to come in here and just say again, like this is not okay. I don't I mean, know. I got to imagine it's just like ageism at that point. Like, no, he's old. No. And can't no. be good. No, no. It's no, like no, no, no. They don't get the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, he this is just this. Well, is I'm just, just trying to understand. I'm not trying to give him benefit. Of doubt. I'm just trying to here. understand what the justification there. I'm actually disgusted. The more I look at this, um, so that's <laughs> I actually had a guy message me last night who was asking me if he should draft for Sean Gary or Robert Quinn. Even he was smart enough to see that Robert Quinn in Dynasty was on, like, that was who was deciding between. And they have these guys, like, 300 spots apart in a draft. Yeah. So, that's crazy. Another one, they have Jabril Peppers at safety 48. Oh, yeah. He signed with the the Patriots guys. He's 26, 25 years old. Okay? He's one of the most dynamic physical specimens in the whole NFL. It's a one-year deal with the Patriots. Like, he's ranked one place above... Talanoa Hafanga, who played a couple of games last year for the Niners to 
to like make up for an injured player. Like he's not their starting safety. It doesn't make any sense. And I get so like he's on the Patriots now, but the Patriots have been able to produce solid safeties and especially the type of player that Jabril Peppers is, he's going to get used quite a bit in, in Belichick's schemes. Yep. And, yep. And he'll get, and all this stuff. he's not going to, he's going to, if, if you're drafting based off this list and you get Jabril Peppers as the safety 48, you're going to get the steal of the draft. Like I well, think that's not going to happen. Nobody's going to do that. I'm Nobody's just saying in, in this fantasy world, this fantasy of a fantasy world that they've created, like, yeah, Andre Cisco. Yeah, yeah. I just, have to bring have to bring that up. Literally doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. If Drake Rapp deserves to be much higher as well, like he's not in the top ten, obviously, but at least a top thirty. Yeah, he's a top thirty-two safety at least. Yeah. You can play him basically every week. Um, so I yeah, I wanted to bring those up. We've already talked about Harold Landry. Dre Greenlaw, another player they have way too high. He's like he's a linebacker twenty three, which is basically a back end linebacker too. That's he's done nothing to even come close to deserving that kind of ranking. Um, so I just wanted to just you know the, these rankings. I mean, I, they've got Dre Greenlaw in the same conversation as like Demario Davis, and yeah, it just doesn't make any sense. Um, so this is a good segue to say, you know, if you guys want to look, I mean, I'll pull up the ultimate IDP index real quick, so you can kind of look at. Yeah, let's do that. Rankings. I need to. I need some eye bleach. Yeah, let's <laughs> show. these are what are. I mean, these are just IDP, and again, we. I want to emphasize, you know, I think that it's kind of folly to try to mix the offense and defense. It looks good shoving, you know, five hundred, six hundred, eight hundred players into your thing or whatever, but um, this is just. To give you a snapshot of my tier one and tier two players. Um, I mean, you can see they like Josh Allen. I don't even remember where Josh Allen was on their list. Hassan Reddick, I have him much, much, much higher, and I think he deserves to be, you know, in this kind of area. He's proven it year over year now. Um, let's take a look at his production profile. Give me one second. Got a lot of tabs open. Come on, baby. There we go. All right, so Hassan Reddick, production profile. This last year, 0.25 points per game. The year before, 0.29. The year before, 0.24, 0.23. I mean, that's rock-solid production, and that's year-over-year. Year. That's a four-year sample size. You know yeah, I mean? points. And I think that's that's what I think people overlook is – these statistics that actually do show the value, like the points per snap, like are they, are they getting on the scoreboard in in a consistent way? And I think when you see a year after year, them hovering around the same amount and it's a high amount, then you're going to want to have them much higher than, you know, edge 29 or whatever. Yeah. I think I, yeah. I did find him. He's edge 29. I mean, Hassan Reddick finishes a top 12 defensive line player this year and yeah. last year. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they can't even squeeze him up, you know. And it's not like he's getting slower. He's getting hotter as his career is going on. Yeah. I Tackle just can't. I, intact. And I try to, I try to engage with these guys like 
Macri and, and these guys and talk to them and understand, because I, I want to understand, like, because it some of these just seem so out of left field that I, I'm just so curious about their rationale behind it. And a lot of times they'll bring up the pass rush efficiency grades or like the pressures and things like that. And I'm just like, like, that's great for their team to like get pressure on a quarterback and affect the game on the field. But you are putting out fantasy rankings for, for, for fantasy managers and not like, you know, Bill Pelichick, we're putting out numbers for, for you and me and everybody who follows us and, and every, you know, the millions of fans out there who are playing fantasy leagues, they don't care about whether or not they pushed an offensive lineman enough to affect a quarterback's throw. They cared. Did he hit the quarterback and did he get the sack? That's all I care about, you know? And so I just gotta, I gotta, I gotta go where, I got to go where the the actual fantasy numbers lead me when I'm looking at who I'm who I'm picking. Yeah. You know, Harold Landry too. I mean, he had the most points per snap he's had in his career. I mean, he was yeah. the most efficient he's ever been. Um and they still can't give him any love, you know, 12 sacks. And that's on a very large five tackles. You know, I mean, just with and like you said, I just got to echo this too with, you know, Macri was on this show Oh, 13, 14 months ago, we did a show that recapped the linebackers from 2020. Um, three days after he was on that show with me here, he blocks me on Twitter and he's never spoken to me since. Yeah. Um, like you said, I don't understand what I don't understand why what these guys' problem is. Um, why you can't just have a conversation about something yeah. with them. Um, everybody's so defensive. Everybody takes things so personally. I mean, like you said, we're just talking about fantasy football advice and we're, yeah. you know, it's just... we're shooting the shit and like people get in their fifis about it. And it's like, you know, I just want to understand why you're like, Oh, this player is going to be a top 10 player. Like why? Well, the thing is, yeah. And the reality well, they don't is have they a why. And so they, they don't have angry. a why or not. They don't, they yeah. don't, they don't walk in rooms where they're challenged. They walk in, you know, they don't, they don't, they don't, ask each other these questions they just tell each other i agree and i yeah you know it's much more plus ev to be agreeable but i mean that's ev you know front-facing shit right you know behind closed doors and whatnot i mean again like if you're putting out content like this list that we're showing and you're putting your name on it i mean you need somebody to come pull you aside and say hey you want to run this by some other people maybe right see what's up here <laughs> Don't um, just like throw in a, a chunk of edge players. You're like, oh, I forgot to rank some edge players for yeah, like 50 it, players. So I'm going to dump like four or five right here. And I think that's another reason why a list like this is just not going to do you any good because it does look like, like they're going through the offensive players and they're like, oh yeah, these, you know, you know, receiver, running back, tight end, quarterback, they're bouncing back and forth. And then you get a chunk of IDP like they forgot about them for like yeah. 50 players and it's like why well, I, I should probably mention some IDP here at some point but yeah they just kind of chunk and chunk and chunk and it's like this is not how anything would look in any sort of actual draft or even a mock draft yeah it's interesting um 
Yeah. So the moral of the story is, y'all, you need to hop on to the Ultimate IDP Index. Um, here's our rankings right now. I mean, they're tiered. Number one, you love to see that. Shows you an idea of what players, even across positions, we like. Um, the production profiles, you can click into every player's production profile, which if you've been watching on the screen, we've been showing a couple of those off. You know, and these change, you know, I mean, and to give those guys some credit, maybe their rankings are different now than they were when they put these out. The beauty of this for me and you is if I want to change somebody, I can literally just click on their name and I just drag them up or down a spot. As you know, I have more information as, you know, things are happening in real time. So I'm able to get a little bit more. Say it again. Yeah, moving Put Isaiah Simmons back down there. Yeah, put Isaiah Simmons back down a little bit. You're right. You're right. Keep going. um, Keep going. Just calm down, I'm calm down. Uh, but yeah, we you know come hop in with us. Thirteen bucks a month right now is what it is for the Ultimate IDP Index tier. as a Black Ops tier. But I mean, you, you're supporting the channel. You're getting so much good information. Um, you get to talk with us on you know Discord, talk with us on Twitter. Even if you just have questions about it, you know we do these live streams. If you know if anybody's out there watching right now, even if you want to look at something, please. You know we we want to help you guys win. We want you to understand yeah. why we see things the way we see them. We don't just want to put out content and say this is good content or this is right, right content. We want to put out content and say this is what we believe, comma, and here is why. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that and you if you can... have questions, ask us and we will talk to you about it. And we're not just gonna. And if your opinion is different than ours, we're not going to view you differently or, you know, right. or like be, you know, take it personally. I'm one of, I don't know. I guess I don't take things very personal. I've got thick skin. You know, I grew up with four brothers and sisters. Um, <laughs> it takes a lot to really, really kind of get under my skin. I'm realizing not everybody's like that, unfortunately. But in a, in a, in a competitive environment like fantasy football, like content creation, um, one, we can do more together than apart from each other. And two, you have to. You know, we have to, you have to have thick skin. You have to just be able to go back and forth with somebody and know that it's not personal and that they're not attacking you. Um, They're just trying to understand, like you said, more of like, how did you get here? And are you really sure that that's what you believe? You know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with being questioned. And if when you're put in those situations, all you want to do is run and hide. That tells a lot about your conviction level and your thought process behind it too sometimes. So for better or for worse, um, IDP fantasy football is still moving forward a little more slowly than we want, but we're doing our part. We think to help that, like I said, this process they put out on PFF, check it out. You know, it's, it's better than nothing. I will say that. Um, and, you know, if you have questions about it directly, if you want us to talk about it again directly, um, yeah. we can, you know, but just kind of as a TLDR, you know, I think the process of putting offensive and defensive rankings together is kind of folly because when you're in a draft, you're looking more at roster construction than player value. And when you're adding in three, four more positions, you're even more looking at the the overall thesis and the game theory behind building your team, yeah. not just getting value. Because even if you get good players, quote unquote, if you have a poorly managed team, you can't get the most out of that team. So I think it's best to look at your offensive defensive ranking separately, um, kind of know what you want to attack and, you know, just study up on your defensive players. Don't necessarily try and make them offense, defense back and forth. I mean, if you know your team, you should know what's valuable to your team offensively or defensively. Yeah, I think I I agree with that hundred percent. I think too, just to kind of let you, cause I have people asking me all the time, like, where do I, pick IDP where do I do this where do I do that my general strategy 
in any draft is to, you know, you're going to go in there and you're going to get, you know, a few offensive players in the first few rounds um, if you know what you're doing. But then at that point, you're just building a team, you know, for rounds one through four is best player available, you know, but then after that, you're building your team and you know, if you're listening to the right people, I think you're going to know what types of players that you need to start targeting and when you need to start targeting them. I think, you know, especially if you're on a sleeper or anything that gives you the ADP right there, a lot of, I would say 60 to 70% of the people you're in leagues with are going to kind of go through the ADP that's there because they're not going to be the people who are doing tons of research. They're just going to kind of look and they're going to base it on the ADP and they're going to pick people who are kind of right in that window of the first, you know, 10 or 12 players in that ADP. But you have to know, A, ADP is not going to necessarily be 100% accurate, especially with IDP. And you just got to build your team and know what positions are going to have the most value and the most consistent value for your team and just go from there. And I, I'll look at the ADP list every now and then just to kind of see where we are with the players. But nine times out of 10, I'm looking at individual positions when I'm drafting and seeing where those players are and seeing, okay, you know, I've got four or five players in this position group that I kind of want to target. And if I start seeing a couple of them go, I'm going to make a move for one of my guys just because I want to make a move for one of my guys. And like I said, it's a living, breathing thing. A draft isn't like going to go down a list. It's going to be, you know, chaos. And to have this huge list of players is not going to help you in a live draft. It's just not. <clears throat> all right well this has <laughs> been uh i'm sure we'll get a lot of hate for this but we're just you know we're, this is this well, talk is the, to us these yeah. are our thoughts you know and this is just the truth i mean literally like i feel like we've articulated there are some fundamental flaws with this including the practice itself using it for a draft is not very actionable and two just the way that they front loaded it with defensive line players when that is kind of statistically proven to not be the way to go and then yeah. three the way they provide no context for the scoring that they chose to provide yeah. and they chose to provide rankings in a scoring system that is not promoted or default or standard on any platform whatsoever. No. So they just don't even really exist. So they're just, I don't, I don't understand. So, you know, the, again, the more important thing, again, just you have to join the IDP army. All right. This is our big sales pitch. Like that we take this shit seriously. Me and bomber are in this shit all the time. Bomber is one of the smartest guys in the fancy IDP community. He's so underfollowed. Make sure you are following him. He's the one I always bounce my ideas off of. We go through and look at things together. He's got all kinds of cool shit helping with the index. The index is such a valuable resource. It's, it's, I mean, it's literally everything you need to learn about defense and then form your own opinions about these players. The rankings are tiered out. You can pick who you want. We don't apply too much ageism. You know what I mean? Obviously, I'm not putting a 33-year-old in tier one, but they can be up pretty high because, you know, defenders play more instinctfully. So we're, we're thoughtful about this. Um, we're articulate with what we offer and we're available to you guys with, you know, we would love to answer any questions you have. And again, just go check out these rankings. If you have the index and you see things different, you know, 
we, we want to engage. So PFF, you know, good luck with all of your endeavors. I know you all got a lot of money and a lot of clout and everything else like that. But um, these rankings, man, I mean, it's indicative of kind of some of the stuff they put on their socials. But, you know, an IDP, it's dangerous because there's not enough people out there that are going to, you know, combat this poor information uh, that is going to be taken as 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 law and as religion. So, um all right, couple of shout outs before we leave. One, I got to shout out my NFT people, the Quirkies. If y'all follow me on Twitter, you know I'm fucking heavy in the quirky streets. Shout out to Cameron Jordan, okay? Cameron Jordan is a, a defensive line player for the New Orleans Saints. He's one of my quirky brothers now. Um, nice. Y'all know he hit me up in the DMs a couple of years ago because I tweeted something about him that was wrong. Um, I know he's in the Board Ape Yacht Club and all that. And so I threw him some info about Quirkies. Demario Davis bought in, another Saints player. And then Cameron Jordan DM'd me after all these years and was like, yo, he's like, what's up with these quirkies? So he started following me. I got him to buy a quirky. Y'all should buy a quirky if you can afford one because uh, we've taken over the metaverse. Uh, but I wanted to give a little shout out. You all know I'm not a big New Orleans Saints fan. But again, that's the beauty and glory of two things, Web3 and fantasy football. Fantasy football made me a fan of a player, Cameron Jordan, on a team I don't necessarily like. So the future is more relational. It's man to man. It's woman to woman. It's person to person, you know. So you can support me. You can support Bomber. I can support Cam Jordan without supporting the Saints. And, you know, the world's changing and evolving, and we are happy to be here. We are thankful for everyone, you know, Web3 or just fantasy football related that is watching this channel. Um, we love, you know, we got the draft coming up too. So we have giveaways coming up. Be on for the live stream with the draft. We got the T-shirt giveaways. We got a... I know we have at least one uh, jersey giveaway coming. And then the content, as soon as the draft goes, I mean, content's just taking off. I mean, we're going to be doing team breakdowns, player breakdowns, values, live drafts. Um, hold on to your butts. Hold on to your mofo butts, okay? Because we're <laughs> going to go win some money this season. We're going to go have some fun. People in our leagues are going to know who we are. All right. And, um, yeah, thank you for being on the People in our leagues are going to not want to trade with us. Yeah, well, they won't. We won't have to trade with them because our teams are so stacked. Oh, right? true. Yeah. So, all right. Any final words, Bomber? Uh, no, just thanks for having me on here again. And uh, looking, got what two weeks until the under two weeks now until the draft. Yep, something like that. Yeah, get so. ready. Get our game faces on. Yes, sir. That's what yes, I love sir. about dynasty fantasy. You know, we don't have to wait until August to. Oh hell no! And best ball. Speaking of which, if you're still sticking around this late in the show, go up to the underdog link. Draft with us underdog. I did an underdog draft last night. There's so many good values this point in the year because people are just letting names fall through the cracks. So get in there, win you some money, uh, support the channel, hit the links. You know what to do. We love you, IDP Army. We appreciate you. Be back next week. Um, and that's it. We out. Uh-huh.